I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. So we are combining three of the things we love, podcast and then story and breakfast. And specifically, we're looking at the biggest story. We tend to read the Bible like it's something boring, um, a little more mechanical, when in truth it's full of all kinds of complicated characters and plenty of room for the imaginative. Uh, we're hoping that this could open up the way we read these stories, that we would see the people in them as real people and that that might help us connect to maybe God is real too, if the characters are real. We're going to look at a bunch of different stories in scripture and just ask the question, what did they eat for breakfast? And what did they want to eat for breakfast? And we're also just going to talk about what life felt like for them in the hope that maybe we'll see ourselves in the story and we'll see a real God moving through real people. We're calling this the breakfast translation. We made a podcast. We did we it. Did it. Welcome to our grand finale of season one. That's right. So we, in our friendship, I feel like almost every time we've gotten together, we've talked about the podcast we're listening to. Like it's been a piece of our friendship. It's been a thing we've both paid attention to for a while. And we've always said like, someday let's make a podcast. And then we did. How? <laughs> yeah, years later. <laughs> we really, I think we kind of missed the podcast bubble. If we would have done this five years ago, we would have been so ahead of the curve. We would have the seen microphones, the microphones probably would have been more expensive back then, though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we would have had to build them ourselves or something. Um, so how did the experience of actually making a podcast? Let's get real meta here for a minute for our for our season finale. How did it how did it compare to what you thought making a podcast was? Do you remember how nervous I was to record the introduction? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It just plays every single time. So, you know, that was that right out of the gate. I was very humbled because I always considered myself someone who'd be very um, comfortable and, and quippy in the podcast sphere. And then it came down for me to say maybe three sentences to get rolling and I was sitting in the parking lot with it written verbatim on a sheet of paper with my heart beating so fast nervous to have it recorded permanently for an amorphous audience to listen to for decades to come <laughs> that's right who knows I think our I think this is really going to catch on in 2025 I think probably what will happen is somehow a bunch of people will discover this in 2025 and that's when we'll get the Squarespace money yes yeah that's how I see this plan out how did, did you feel like you were able to get less nervous as we went on? Yes, the nerves definitely disappeared, but I, I think it's not any new phenomenon that it is so difficult to listen back to what you said. And um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to listen to your own podcast. That's something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, partly because of like what you say, but also what, I don't know if you have this, but this is like a thing that scientists have studied is that our own voice is distressing to us. Have you read about this? I have. I, I have read about this and I sometimes like to give an explanation, but I don't know how scientifically correct it is. There was just two podcasters that I listened to that said the reason it sounds so irritating is because you're, um, when you listen to yourself talk, it, you hear your voice moving through your body. So it sounds like it's at a lower tone. But when it's just carried through the air, it's actually in reality to other ears a little bit more higher pitch. So when you listen back, it sounds whiny and annoying. That's, that's <laughs> the experience that I've heard. That's super interesting. Uh, 
I remember <laughs> this, this is a very silly story, but when I was a little kid, I had a Fisher Price tape recorder and I recorded myself talking into the thing. Like, I don't know, I was doing like play by play on like Hungry Hungry Hippo or something. <laughs> that was something I did sometimes. But I was like recording myself talking. And then when I hit playback, I, I was convinced that somebody else was talking. They were that somebody else was saying all the same things. Um, and so I actually, I don't know if I still have this tape, but I actually recorded myself talking to my sister and being like, because she was nine years older. And so I went to her and I was like, Chris, somebody else is talking through this tape and they're saying the same things I said. <laughs> but it was just my own voice. That is too funny. But that's how different it sounded to me. Mm-hmm. but even as an adult, I think it sounds so different to me so that then when I hear it, like I have this thought of like, my voice sounds like that. Like, how are people still friends with me? <laughs> like I have this perception of who I am and how my voice sounds. And I'm like, I'm pretty confident in that. And then when I experience myself as other people might experience it, I just think, well, that sounds like a nightmare. Why right. would you ever sit across the table from that person? And I love sitting across the table from you, but I totally understand the sentiment to the point that I also saw that there's this pattern that happens um, in that same, the podcasters that taught me the rule of it sounding more higher pitched to ears, if you listen over recording, um, pointed out that if you listen to a lot of, uh, or if you watch a lot of shows or listen to podcasts early in their stages and then watch it eight seasons later, everybody's voice actually adjusts to sounding slightly lower because people feel uncomfortable with what they've heard and what they continue to hear. Um, speaking of which. Speaking of interruptions, sorry about that. <laughs> that's fine. We'll have our, our team of producers cut that out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's funny because of Rory Gilmore, who we both know. Yes. As a fictional character who lives in Stars Hollow. If you watch, if you watch season one of Gilmore Girls, she has like a much lower register and then has, it goes on and she matures as Rory and goes off to Yale, her voice gets higher and weirder. So maybe she oh. bucks the trend, but that, that could be, it could at least explain why she had made adjustments. Right. That's you interesting. Know, that, she wanted like, to be higher. Yeah. But hearing herself made her, like changed her behavior. Yeah, I think the only thing, like, I've really enjoyed just the process. Like, I get excited just reading the stuff and talking to you about it. And then the bonus is if people listen, right? I think we kind of feel that way. Um, but I did, I have had this every time I have put something out into the world, whether it's, like, writing an article. Like, I've had the chance a few times to write articles for publications or different things. Like, I always have this expectation that I'm going to put the thing out there and there's going to be this like wave of feedback either for better or worse like i always expect like oh so this is going to make somebody mad or somebody's going to really love this and a lot of times uh when i've got, even this is even like getting to write for pretty big things or like putting out something big like it comes like nothing really comes back <laughs> you know or it sort of trickles in it's not like a wave it's like somebody on the side saying, oh, I did, I did decide to listen to that. And I was glad for it. But there's not any, I, always, I think I always, like, in my mind, I always imagine some 
bigger feedback mechanism in place. You, you know what I mean? Like, yes, good. No, bad. Or why did right. you say this? Or but hearing it from several people and yeah. having an idea for how it's being received rather than yeah. Not even like, you know, podcasts are one thing because you're kind of throwing it out into the sky, like out into, like you said, what was the fancy word you used? Amorphous? Yes. Yeah. But like, even when I speak like in a room where I can see the people and I know that whether or not they've actually listened, they've been in the room with me. But I think I still think, oh, I bet somebody's going to have some, they're going to be mad about this. Like I had a woman after a church service a few weeks ago come like hunt me down. And I, she had some feedback for me and I thought it was gonna be like this big like thing that I was gonna have to really, really re-examine my whole life because of this feedback that she offered me. But instead she was like, you really should have um, given the verse in addition to the chapter when you told us what chapter to read. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So I feel like I wonder if that's just um, a creation, like a creative thing of like feedback, either being bigger or smaller than what you imagine in your head, or if that's just a human thing that we're all kind of constantly expecting to get in trouble more or to get more praise. And, and what we imagine in our head often makes a bigger thing of ourselves than reality you right know what I mean yeah I do know what you mean and it's been it's been fun to um be focused more on the the doing the thing yeah just making the thing for making the thing like when I I've had people ask me like if what's been a, a favorite thing in the last few months or what are you doing that's exciting and I'm like honestly just making this podcast has been the most fun to me because we're just doing it we don't really know uh if it will have you know some you know, if it'll have some payoff, we don't know if anybody's like starting more conversations because they're listening to us or if they're reading acts as we read acts, but it's worth it to me to like make the thing. I feel like I'm learning a lot just about what it is to try something new. Maybe. Right. And I really struggle to, to do, get started on things. I really love ideas of things. So the moment before we start each podcast where you say, um, how do you feel? Do you feel ready? <laughs> And I just have to say, um, yep. <laughs> so you're big, lying. You're always lying. Yeah. That's yeah. a big vulnerability um, challenge to me. So that's been that's been a fun growth spot too. Yeah, I'm the same way. I have a thousand ideas, and I if I do one of them, it's a pretty big victory. So uh, right. this is the same thing. It's like we could have talked about this for five more years, but let's just try to make this thing. So um, let's talk about uh, reading acts. So I, this, this was your first time reading Acts, really, right? It was my first time, and I can't believe, I honestly, I assumed that most of the stories that came out of Acts, I would have just known from being in the church and um, being around people who, who love the church, but I, these stories were new to me. It was a, a very um, different book than what I was familiar with, so I feel... I feel like it was a very eye-opening journey to how much more I can find from the Bible than what I've given it credit for. Not that <laughs> it seems like an obvious point that the Bible will point you towards this story, but I think I took that for granted for a long time. So it's not just like there are more stories than you knew, but did you find the 
the stories of acts particularly useful or helpful? Yeah, I honestly did because I could feel myself moving in them. Like, you know, I felt like it was a lot easier books to be able to plot myself down and say, how would I react to this story? Or it, it was very action oriented and very people just figuring it out. So it felt, it, it felt very much so like, like a journey and narratives that I like to read on my own anyways, like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, just like these people who are journeying after some mission and um, all of the like errors and successes around the way and all of the people you meet on the way. So I thought, I thought it was a, a fun read and a useful read because yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I think that I love that. I think we're, this should be Peter Jackson's next, next trilogy then. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the thing going through it this time, and it kind of connects to what you said, like all the, the people in the action, I think it has me in my head just about how mobile and alive and active the community of faith was. And I, for some reason, and maybe it's just because of the world we're in, and maybe it's because we've all had to stay in our houses for the good, a good part of the last 18 months too, but I think, I think a lot of churches right now are feeling this compulsion to get outside the walls, right? Um, and even Southbrook, the church we're both connected to, has started this City Lights movement because of this feeling like the church should be out there as much as it's in here. Um, I think a lot of us imagine church as something inert, like where you just go somewhere and you sit and you're passive and church is a thing that happens upon and around you. And I think what we see in Acts is a church that's moving, like a church that puts a big call on you, a church that invites you to be active, a church that invites you to be moving around the world and to know that the Spirit of God is with you when you're walking down the road like Philip or when you're hosting people at your house like Lydia, like it invites us to be aware that God is always with us and moving. I think that's the thing I paid the most attention to uh, on this on this read through. Uh, I have a couple of my answers, but I just wondered if you had any like things that you wish we, is there anything you thought we should have talked about more? Anything you think we shortchanged? Um, I felt like I was drinking from a fire hose a little bit with, with learning everything. So I'll let you kick that off. Yeah. The only things I, um, this was just a, there were every once in a while we'd finish one. I'd be like, oh, there was a pretty big idea that we could have talked about more, but we actually talked about way more than I thought. Cause our plan was to do 15 minute episodes mm-hmm. <laughs> at every time we went longer than that. Uh, but one of the things about Pentecost that we never really talked about was how it's a little bit of a rewrite of the Hebrew story of Babel and this moment in the story where the people of God decide they're going to try to build a tower to get up to God and and to be important and to be meaningful. They're going to build a tower. And then um, the separation of languages is God kind of putting them in their proper place. And so at least in the in the kind of the mythic quality of the Tower of Babel, the idea or the meaning that people attached to it was that maybe that's why we have different languages is that if we all spoke the same language, we would get to be too important and we'd 
we maybe think too much of ourselves. And so language is also this, this like barrier that gets built between people. And so Pentecost feels like a rewrite or at least like a, a revisiting of that idea. Um, so we didn't really talk about that. I mean, we talked about Pentecost, obviously, and, and language and stuff, but we didn't get around to how it might or might not um, address that Babel story um, or how it addressed the Brad Pitt Babel movie. Is Brad, Brad Pitt's in that movie, right? Am I thinking of the right? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I think he's in that movie. It's a movie that it's about a bunch of different people experiencing America in different ways, and it used the Babel framework a little bit. Um, the other thing I think we just didn't we didn't get into completely, because this stuff is not, I don't always think of it first, but we didn't spend a lot of time on like the timeline of when Acts happens. And I think it's important to at least say that all the events in Acts happen before the Gospels are written down. So we kind of made fun of like how there's all these big, long speeches. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason there are these big, long speeches is because there's no Gideon Bible in the hotel rooms. So we have to kind of remind ourselves that this is this is a world where one last one last in a world where have you got it in you? Can you get your in deep voice in a world? This is a world where there's no gospel of Matthew, Mark or Luke or John. They can't. They just go read the story of Jesus. They have to tell it. And, and they have to live it and embody it because that's the only record people have of the life of Jesus is the life of the church. Right, especially for these brand new audiences who have never even heard the name Jesus before. Whatever the long speech includes, that's what's going to be what they have to move forward with. Yeah. Because we're kind of used to a culture where even if somebody hasn't read the Bible, they probably have some shadow of understanding of the story of Jesus, um, or at least the highlights. So I think we have to remember not just that it's a blank slate, but just how important their words were. So every speech does matter more than we can even understand. And every conversation and every meal does matter more than we understand. Uh, but I say that to say I think we're getting closer to a world that's more like Acts um, than it has been in a long time, where people might not be as familiar as we think with the story of Jesus. And they also might not be as willing as people have been in the past to engage with the story in traditional ways. So it might not be enough to like invite people to church they might have so many barriers between them and a church building. And so at least one of the reasons we started with Acts, partly we started with Acts because we started right after Easter and that made sense to kind of look at the things that happened after Easter. But it's also because I think right now it's one of the most important books because I think it's, we're not that far away from that world. And it is on us to make the story of God come to life for people. Um, so our way of doing that was through this little question of breakfast. How do you think that premise worked? I, um, I enjoyed it. It got challenging as we brought more characters in to keep it, keep it fresh. Um, but I thought it helped. I thought it helped personalize 
these characters, these real people. Yeah, it does make them real people, even if we're just messing around with it. But yeah, that's the thing, right? Is like, even though Luke does give us some details, there's never quite enough. There's never quite enough um, character work for me in these. I want to know, like, what kind of music did they listen to? Like, what were their likes and dislikes? And we have to, we have to put that on the text sometimes. So, and Luke is actually, you know, acts as one of the better places where we get more character development. Um, but yeah, I thought it was work. There, there was, there were some things where like, we did. We have not yet assigned anybody waffles. I saw, I saw that in the notes. I. Yeah. Didn't- I can't, I can't believe we didn't assign waffles. Which I'm like, what is that, like, what kind of person eats waffles? Because I feel like that's strange that we didn't, but maybe we'll get there. Maybe season two, there'll be somebody who's so obvious that their character would lead them to waffles in the morning. Um, We do have a little bit of a sketched out, like, the next phases of the breakfast translation. We know we want to do one of the gospels and look at the people that Jesus has around him in his immediate circle, and not just the apostles, but the other people he encounters. So many of his stories are about the new people of every day. So there's a lot of people we could speculate about. Um, And then we know we want to do, the Old Testament does do a lot of character work. There are some people where we know a whole lot about who they were as people. So we know that's going to we're going to eventually get around to that too. I think what will actually happen, we talked about maybe next up, second season will be a gospel so we're just gonna go in reverse of, of the order when these things happen so we'll go we'll go to jesus maybe for season two how does that sound to you i think it sounds like a fun a fun reversal we got to see the aftermath and now we get to see the origin yeah we're like the memento of podcast is it is it memento a, a movie that goes backwards i could be wrong i'm gonna look this up you no know, I've, I've seen it i think that you're right and we'll do, on that same vein, um, I confirmed that Brad Pitt is indeed the star of um, Babel. Okay. Oh, you said it, Babel. Babel, Babel. I panicked right before. No, you might be right. There is, because there is another way that people say it. And so it might be Babel. Data, data. Yeah. Babel. I think that'll be the thing that'll get us a lot of online engagement is how do you say <laughs> the name of the movie that okay. Brad Pitt was in in 2000 and one I don't know check it check it I've got wikipedia up 2006 oh so close okay well that was it that was the breakfast translation that was our first season um if you gave us any of your time and any of your attention uh we're so glad you joined us I think the whole point of this as much as we just had fun making it it was also our hope that uh, other people would join us along the way and that we could help them start conversations in their world too. Um, And that we could keep the story of God going, right? That's our whole thing. And I think that we're going to have to keep on finding new ways. So whatever's after podcast, we'll do that five years after it's the the thing to do. (laughs) We'll we'll have a TikTok page in five years. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as everybody's on to the knickknacks or whatever is after TikTok, we'll be... Mm -hmm. We'll be killing it on there. So here we are, Breakfast Translation. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next season. Who wrote the end of the story? Who found the last love? Who wrote the end of the 
story.